the Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. We're going to connect today with Terrell Germain Starr, a journalist who grew up here in Detroit who's covering the war in Ukraine. He's going to tell us what's happening as the Russian invasion continues and how his background as a Detroiter influences the way he's taking in the war and the humanitarian crisis it is causing. And we're going to hear about a National Geographic podcast that takes a look at wrecked slave ships. That's next on Detroit Today. But first, the news from NPR. Detroit Today is supported by Michigan School of Psychology in Farmington Hills, educating psychologists today who will transform our world tomorrow. Learn more at msp.edu. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and I'm always glad that you decided to spend this time with us. A little later in the show, we are expecting to hear from Terrell Germain Starr, who is a journalist and non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. Uh, he is also the host of Black Diplomats, an interesting podcast about international Affairs. He grew up right here in the city of Detroit and has been in Ukraine covering the Russian invasion. Uh, we are trying to make sure that we can get a connection with him. We tried last week uh, to do that as well. And, and, of course, the chaos in that country interfered with our ability to talk with Terrell. We're going to try again later today on the show uh, so that we can uh, have a really great conversation, I think, with him uh, about the things he's seeing there in Ukraine and the perspective he brings to this coverage, uh, being a native Detroiter. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that. Hopefully, uh, we will get that going in the second half of the show. But first, who gets to tell our stories? Who gets to talk about the narratives that describe who we are, where we come from, and what life is like for us? Throughout history, it has often been those with power, privilege, and money who decide what is said about people and their communities. And even today, those individuals have easier access to television, radio, and other media platforms uh, in a way that other people don't. Over the last couple of centuries in America, this has meant that stories have been told by those who are whiter and wealthier than the average citizen. And that excludes a lot of narratives, or often distorts the ones told about those who are more marginalized, about those who have less access to power. But what happens when there's a chance in not just stories, but who tells them? What happens when we can change not only what we're saying about someone, but who gets to say it? How does that alter both the listeners and the storyteller. 
For the last year, Tara Roberts has been diving with and telling stories about black scuba divers as they document slave shipwrecks around the world. She recently produced a six-part National Geographic podcast series entitled Into the Depths, which explores the transatlantic slave trade and the stories of the estimated 12 and a half million Africans who were stolen from African shores. Because of her work, she is also on the cover of National Geographic's March 2022 issue. I want to welcome Tara Roberts to Detroit today. It's really great to have you here. Hi, it's absolutely my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So I, I want to start here. Um, uh, why did you decide to take this risk, to learn diving, <laughs> to quit your job, uh, <laughs> and begin to tell the story of these historical slave ships and present-day black divers? Well, it was all accidental. <laughs> um, I did not wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to go tell this story <laughs> and change my life this way. Um, I happened to uh, live in D.C. Um, this was in 2017. And it was right when the National Museum of African-American History and Culture had just opened. And so I was able um, to get tickets. It was a bit of a frenzy in the in the start there. But because I lived in D.C., I could take my time. Um, and so I ended up going to this museum and I ended up on the second floor hmm. And I saw this picture and it really was this picture that sparked this entire journey. Um, it was a picture of a group of primarily black women in wetsuits on a boat. And I had never seen <laughs> <laughs> a group of black women in wetsuits on a boat before. So <laughs> it, it stopped me. Um, and there was something that was so beautiful about them to me. I, I felt like the joy, the freedom, the power, the passion of them in that photo. Um, and it really captured my imagination. So I stood there for a while um, imagining <laughs> myself as a part of them because they look like me. Um, it, it felt accessible. And then I read um, the placard that explained who they were and what they were about. And it said that they were a part of this group called Diving with a Purpose. And that their mission or part of their mission was to search for and help document slave shipwrecks around the world. And so I was floored. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> People who look like me are doing what in the world? Oh my gosh, I have to be a part of this in some way. Wow. Wow. And uh, how hard was it for you to learn to do this, to learn how to dive, first of all? I mean, that's not <laughs> that's not something you just kind of strap a tank on your back and go do. Um, and, and what was that experience was that, what was it like? Was that intimidating in any way? It was actually a beautiful experience. Um, what, after I saw the picture, learned about diving with a purpose, I reached out to them to find out more. And I became uh, friends with the co-founder, a gentleman named Ken Stewart, who's funny. Um, he's 
uh, now today he's 77 years young. <laughs> so he was a little bit younger then, but he's this great guy. And he invited me to come dive with them. Hmm. And he got me in a class in DC, which this is something I did not know. And maybe your listeners would not know this either, but according to Ken, Washington, D.C. is the epicenter of black scuba diving. Huh. It's like all the legends, um, really incredible, powerful um, people who participate in this sport are there. And they have the oldest black diving club there. It's called the Underwater Adventure Seekers. And it was founded in 1959. So these people have been diving for over 60 years and when um, Ken got me a spot in that class, it was incredible because there are all these really passionate scuba divers, um, people who volunteered their time, you know, like they weren't getting paid to train us. They just wanted to bring up the next generation of divers. And so we met every week for three months, twice a week. There's a a classroom portion of learning how to scuba dive. <laughs> and then there's a pool portion. So I was in that classroom um, for three months. And then at the end of it, my um, co-conspirators and I uh, became PADI certified scuba divers. And that's just the first step. So I had to become um, scuba certified. But then after that, to participate in diving with the purposes training, mm -hmm. I had to get 30 ocean dives under my belt. So I ended up spending um, three months using frequent flyer miles and <laughs> staying in hostels. And I um, I went to Southeast Asia and got my 30 dives in so that I could participate in the training. Wow. Wow. I'm talking with uh, Tara Roberts. She's a National Geographic story fellow, Storytelling Fellow and a fellow at MIT's Open Documentary Lab. Uh, she's the author of the National Geographic podcast, Into the Depths, which takes a look at a group of uh, black scuba divers who go and find uh, shipwrecked slave vessels. Um, we would love to hear from you during this conversation as well. Uh, Colin, tell us about telling stories about your own history, taking control of the narrative about your community. Are you digging into your past and finding how it connects to the larger American story? What has that be experience been like? Uh, and have you felt more powerful or more connected to the world by doing that work. Uh, also call and tell us what are the stories that shape how you conceive of yourself uh, that way that you see the world. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put comments there, and we can include you in the conversation uh, that way. Uh, so, so Tara, uh, tell me about the first time you go out with diving with a purpose, which is this group of African American scuba drivers, scuba divers who are going and looking for 
and exploring these uh, sunken slave ships. Uh, tell me what you feel when you get in the water with them and go exploring. So that's a great question um, that I feel like I can answer in, in two ways. Mm -hmm. um, the first way, when I think about the training, like the, what we've learned how to do, um, it, there is the work, which is how to describe it. It's um, so we go down and we're, often, not often, we're always buddied up. So you have your buddy. Um, and at this moment, the wreck has been identified. Um, and these wrecks, by the way, are not intact wrecks. Like, it's not like you go down and you find the Titanic and you're like, ah, <laughs> there's a ship. <laughs> Hello, ship. I'm going to go explore you. <laughs> now, most of these wrecks were, or these ships were made out of wood because um, they, they were built in the 1500s, the 1600s. And so when they wreck, they tend to splinter. And over the centuries, the sea reclaims them. Um, so they're in pieces on the ocean floor and they don't look like shipwrecks. Like they look like pieces of coral. Um, they look like a part of the ocean floor. Hmm. So there's a whole process um, that happens before the divers get involved where historians and archeologists help, they go through the archives, they narrow down an area, um, they find anomalies in that area. And then scuba divers come in to begin to look at those anomalies with their eyes and with cameras and to confirm that there's something usual, something unusual. And then those pieces have to be tested um, to see if they actually are part of, of shipwrecks. Mm. And then once all of that has happened, then the part that I learned comes in and that's how to really map a shipwreck. Um, how to document it. And so what we learned how to do is to go down and we've got clipboard, we've got mylar paper and pencils, and we're down there drawing artifacts, um, measuring the wreck site so that we can imagine the wrecking event um, as all the teams pull their drawings together. So that's that was a long way to say that there's a part of the work that is, it's technical, um, hmm. it's involved. You're trying to stay steady so that you can draw, <laughs> but you know, like the, the ocean is not a steady place, like the currents <laughs> right. are going the ocean. <laughs> marine life, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> marine life is coming up and they're saying hi. So, so there's all of that energy. Um, which is exciting and you feel like you're really contributing. So there's that part. But I think what you're, you're asking is it's more about sort of the emotions when you're sure. out there and you're discovering um, something that you know had this sort of history attached to it. Um, and I would say that there are definitely surreal moments and sad moments. Um, some of my co-divers like talk about crying in the water, you know, like really being present to mm. um, some of the suffering and 
the the hard things that um, the people in those cargo holds faced. And I think that happens, especially when you come across artifacts like shackles and things that really illustrate um, the sort of inhumanity that was that was happening. So there is that part, but this is also what completely surprised me and um, it sort of delights me because I didn't, I didn't realize that there was also this other component when you're down there, or at least it's a component that I felt. Um, and that was a sense of empowerment, a sense of pride, um, a sense of agency, because we're down there and we're finding these stories that have been buried on the ocean floor for centuries. Yeah. Here's some stats that, that you might not know. I didn't know this ahead of time. And I think this gets at your sort of your, your larger setup about like who gets to tell stories and what stories get to get to be told. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is that there were approximately 36,000 voyages that brought 12.5 million Africans to the Americas. 36,000 voyages wow. over 400 years that brought that many people to the Americas. Um, and they estimate that maybe, because no one knows for sure, but maybe as many as a thousand of those ships wrecked. But wow. to date, less than 10 have been found and properly documented. So there's this whole part of history that's just missing. And it's missing, I think, for two reasons. I mean, one, just as I've described, like the, the wrecks are hard to find. They're in pieces on the ocean floor. So it takes resources and it takes commitment and dedication to find them. Um, and I think that leads into the second reason why more attention hasn't been put on them. And that's partly because that they haven't been a priority like that part of history and telling more stories about that just haven't been a priority. So to have these divers, these historians, these archeologists really dedicating their time and attention to bringing those stories um, up from the depths and back into human memory wow. is just so powerful. And you feel that down there. You're like, I'm a part of this. And this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's almost yeah. like looking, I mean, I imagine that it would be a little like looking into a mirror in some ways, mm. right? But mm. but but also maybe looking through a looking glass, you know, mm. into the past. I mean, uh, mm. there's there's kind of that duality that I think would would take over your mind at that uh, at that yeah. moment. Yeah. That's a really nice description. Yeah, like you're you're coming from the present and you're saying, I'm reaching back into the past. Um, one of the historians that we interviewed for the podcast um, from the National Museum of African-American History and Culture put it so beautifully. Uh, she said, we want like our ancestors to know that we didn't forget about you. Hmm. We actually came looking for you. And that is so powerful. This is, this is another statistic that I didn't know until I started doing this work because um, it wasn't taught to me in schools. But what I learned that 
there were, so of those 12.5 million Africans that were transported to the Americas, or that approximate number, they estimate that somewhere around 1.8 million of them died in yeah. the middle crossing. Yeah. Like that, that is a number to sit with for a second. It's not five people. It's not a thousand people. It's not even a hundred thousand people. And those are big, horrible numbers. Like nobody wants to hear about people dying um, in horrific circumstances, but it's 1.8 million people who have never been mourned never been grieved. There are not memorials to that, that huge loss of life. So what also happens when I think when I'm down there, and I think many of the other divers also feel this as well, is that this is also a moment to acknowledge these people's lives, mm. to say they existed. We see you, we feel you. And we honor you. And there is something that also is just so healing about being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up, we are going to continue this really moving conversation with uh, Tara Roberts about her podcast, Into the Depths. We're going to continue to talk about telling stories about ourselves, about our communities, about our histories, who gets to tell those stories who should get to tell those stories? Are we moving into an era where more people have agency over their own narratives? Uh, we want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. Call and tell us about your efforts to look into your own past and to tell your own families or communities' stories. Uh, is that something that you're interested in doing? Is that something you find difficult to do? For some reason, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter, put comments there, and we can include you that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. are listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. My guest right now is Tara Roberts. She is author of the National Geographic podcast, Into the Depths, which takes a look at a group of scuba divers who are looking for and then exploring sunken slave ships. Uh, a narrative that has literally been buried on the ocean floors that surround our continent for many centuries. Uh, we're talking about the podcast itself, but also talking about this idea of telling stories about ourselves, telling stories about our families or our communities, who gets to tell those stories uh, and how we take more control of those stories for ourselves, a theme that I think is pretty prevalent right now in a lot of people's minds here in America as we see a shift, I think, in the agency that, uh, that we all have to tell our own stories. We want to hear from you about the stories that you would like to tell or have found a way to tell about yourself, about your history, about your community. 
Uh, call and tell us how important that is to you. Call and tell us if there are barriers that you find to being able to tell your own story. Um, also, tell us if uh, digging into your past uh, makes you feel more connected to the larger American narrative. I know that it does for many of us who are African American. It helps us understand more about the role uh, that we have played in the formation and growth uh, and existence of this country. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter, put comments there, and we can include you in the conversation that way. Uh, let's go to Mark in Redford Township. Mark, welcome to the show. Stephen, good morning. Hi. Uh, I think this is a, an awesome guest that you have this morning in her um, story about um, diving on wreckage sites, you know, former slave ships. And I'm a genealogist, and the way in which Tara, Tara, it's an honor being on the phone with you also, but um, as a genealogist, I think this really unpacks the archive on our, our family histories, not just particular racial groups, but um, it unpacks it and it gives agency to the narrative um, as Tara explains. And I'm giving a presentation next Tuesday at the uh, Lyon Township Library. I'm going to include some of these uh, segments in my presentation. Oh, very good. Very good, uh, Mark. I'm really glad uh, you called, and I'm glad that uh, you, you find this valuable enough to include uh, in your presentation. Uh, Tara, Mark uh, is talking there about about family and genealogy and uh, the way that we uh, the way that we think about ourselves in that way. Uh, I, I want to talk about that in in the context of you and your work here. So you went to Benin and to Togo in Africa uh, to delve a bit into your own roots, and I want to listen to some of your experiences there uh, from the podcast. And I think this is such a unique thing for African Americans that don't, like, where is home for us? Like, what does that mean? Do you know, uh, where does, like, I'm actually crying right now, which is so weird. Um, but I'm thinking about those two words, African-American. I'm like, what is, what do they mean? How do they butt up against each other? I'm really getting that I don't understand Africa, <laughs> that it is this romanticized notion in my head. It's either this something that we feel we romanticize or it's something that we feel shame about, but it's not real. And so I don't know, just what's present in my heart right now is just, it is such a longing to belong somewhere. Such a longing to belong somewhere. I think that phrase is so powerful because it can apply to us as individuals and the way that we look into our own histories and uh, the, the, the family roots that, that we have. But as you're talking about in the clip, it applies to an entire class of people in our nation. We as African-Americans have such a longing to belong 
somewhere. I mean, it just uh, it, it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, we don't know who said, who said this quote. It's commonly attributed to James Baldwin, but we haven't been able to um, confirm that. But someone said this, and it, it really sticks with me as well. Um, this person was also considering, like, what does it mean to be African-American? And the quote is something like, it's, it's to be... American without the privilege and to be African without the memory. Mm. Um, so where are we? Who are we? I love that the caller who uh, just called in um, is a genealogist. And this work for me sparked a desire uh, to look back into mm -hmm. my own past. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, Stephen, I've been afraid to do that before um, because so much of the stories about Black folks' past tends to center inside of our pain and our trauma. And I was really afraid of, of facing that. So even though my, um, my mother has done some research of a cousin Who's, who's been looking into our family tree and knows some information. I had never really been that curious about it. Um, I think I was really afraid to face the fact that my ancestor, the furthest one that we can trace back, was born in 1837. And so that means he was born enslaved. In slavery. And I, yeah. So I was really afraid to face the fact that he had been owned by someone but something about this work um, shifted that for me. One, there's something about facing the actual material evidence of the past. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it can't be denied. You know, like you see the evidence of the past. That means it happened. <laughs> um, and yeah, like it it's 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 no longer hidden. Yeah. Um, so one facing it gives you an opportunity to actually see it. And that's with a lot of the past of African Americans. I think there's been a um, an instinct to not touch it, to to not deal with it in its fullness because it feels so um, emotional. So yeah. We've got all these relationships to it. But there's something powerful, um, I think, about facing that, that material um, evidence that begins to change things. And then as I, as I traveled, I started to meet people who were connected to folks who had been on those ships. So I was meeting descendants. And what I was seeing from them was a sense of strength, a sense of confidence, a sense of power in who they are are today because they knew where they came from and who they came from. So that really began to inspire me and to give me more courage to be able to look back. And so I hired um, a genealogist as a part of this work to see if we could trace my roots back to a slave ship. 
and we weren't. So spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's really but, hard. That is, I yeah, mean, it's, 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 it's almost nearly impossible. impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that yeah. Th- 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 there just was not an effort to right. keep track of things in a way that would allow you to, exactly. to go back that far. Um, exactly. Most African-Americans hit this thing that I learned about called the 1870 brick wall. And that just means that the U.S. Census before 1870 did not track identifying details of those who were enslaved. Right. And so you literally, like, you, you hit a wall there, and, and it's very hard to find information. Um, but with the genealogists that we hired, because we knew the name of my ancestor, and we even have a picture of him, hmm. she was able to go in and do a lot of work. And what's incredible, so we knew some stuff about him, but we didn't know everything. And what I found was this ancestor that I have been afraid to learn things about was this really incredible human being (laughs) who he was a real estate investor, like born in slavery, but managed to amass over 175 acres of land. Mm. I found out that he fought in the Civil War. He was a part of the United States Colored Troops. He was a delegate to the Freedmen's Convention, really like standing for constitutional rights (laughs) of freed Black people. Like he was all of these things, but I had reduced his life to this life of of enslavement, Mm -hmm. of pain and trauma. And I wasn't seeing him for his full humanity. But now that is shifted and now I'm all eager and excited to learn more about the past. And I think that that is what these wrecks offer us. It's the opportunity to see um, our ancestors, to see that past in its full humanity and not just inside of pain, trauma, and death. And then that becomes really powerful because that's been how you begin to see yourself. Yeah, yeah. Again, 313 577 1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to social media, Facebook or Twitter, put the comments there, and we can include you in this conversation that way. Let's go next to Janice in Detroit. Janice, what's on your mind? Thank you so much for taking my call. Mm -hmm. This is like a a scab, a really huge scab Mm -hmm. on an open wound, and sometimes you're afraid to tear it off. To see who you are because of, of of what the media has projected us to be, but i i I read a really powerful book called "Help Me Find My People," and it was like a salve, a healing salve to to read how our people struggled to find each other and how marriage meant something and how people walked for miles to try to find their people again. I have told my children, don't bury me, uh, cremate me and put my ashes on the Atlantic Ocean, and I'm going to find my way back home. <laughs> I, uh, this is something we need. I don't view myself anymore the, the way I, I once saw myself. This is constantly peeling back to who we are. I don't want to romanticize it like the author says, but just finding, getting a grip on it. I, I've tried, and many people in my family have tried to 
uh, do genealogy searches, and we can't really go back much beyond uh, our grandfather, mm-hmm. who said that he was born in the year of freedom, and that's it. Yeah, wow. And Janice, that's such a beautiful image that you painted there about what you want done with your remains and the idea that uh, if they put your ashes in the Atlantic Ocean that you might find your way home. I mean, that's just such a, a moving um, idea. Um, you know, uh, uh, Tara, I think there, there, there are so many African-Americans um who are trying now to figure to figure out how to to get back home or to mm-hmm. find home or to find where home was? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I go once a year um, to Natchez, Mississippi, which is where my dad's family is is from, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and have in recent years, just as you were describing, I've gotten braver about looking back further and trying to look back further. And I've actually gotten to the point where I've gone and stood in the the mansion of mm. the family that almost certainly uh, owned mine um, wow. uh, before 1865. Um, wow. And there, there's something about about doing that, that feels brave, uh, of course, uh, when you do it. But but I also felt sick <laughs> standing yeah. there. Um, mm. You know, I also um, uh, felt uh, I, I felt more connected, though. I think mm. with with myself, with my family, and with history. Mm. Um, but but that's very. I mean, you're, as Janice is talking about, it's very hard to do. It is very mm. painful. Um, mm. Yeah. 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 That's really powerful. Um, I, I, this might sound very condescending, but I feel proud of you <laughs> for like <laughs> going back and standing. And figuring it out. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I love what Janice said. Like, I got chills when she described um, what her wishes are for her remains. Like, what if our stories, I mean, of course, we have to face the pain. Um, in the past, but what if our stories center inside of the courage and the resilience Mm. and the perseverance? What if they center in places where they haven't centered before? Um, How does that change things for us? How does that heal the past? Mm -hmm. Like I love sort of the African notion of time and of ancestors. It's like, the ancestors are with us now. So the work that we're doing is, is healing the past. It's not just healing the present, like it's healing the past inside of this full circle. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. What if our stories are about stories of life instead of stories of death? Of death, yeah. Yeah, what does that change for us? Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Tara Roberts about Into the Depths and the idea of reclaiming and telling our own stories. We're going to hear more from you on the phones and on social media. Tim in Northwest Detroit, Dexter in Detroit, Gene in Detroit. We will hear from you if you want to join them. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. And you can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 
WDET is your place for open dialogue. The music you love. Real news and in-depth analysis. And cultural experiences. The sound of Detroit. 1019 WDET is your public radio station. This is Detroit Today. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Tara Roberts. Uh, she is a National Geographic Storytelling Fellow and a fellow at MIT's Open Documentary Lab. Uh, she's also the author of a National Geographic podcast called Into the Depths, which follows a group of African Americans as they search for and explore Wrecked slave ships uh, off the American coasts. Uh, we want to hear from you about history and the role it plays in your life, the way it uh, plays in your family, and the storytelling that you do. We want to hear from you about owning your stories, uh, owning the narratives about who you are and where you're from. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to social media, put comments there, and we can include you that way. Uh, let's go next to Jean in Detroit. Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to say that my family's story that was passed on to me by my grandmother, I have preserved that and shared that. I, I write fiction for children and young adults, and I incorporate um, the core of those stories uh, into the fiction that I write. And um, you, what, your comment of standing in the, the home where your enslaved ancestors uh, uh, lived or the family that owned them, uh, I had a similar experience. I went to Clarksville, Tennessee to do some research on my maternal uh, grandmother's story. And I actually, uh, based on some genealogical research my husband and I got from the genealogical library there. Yeah. They're really big on that in the South. I went to, it's now a tea house, but I went to the home where my grandmother was probably conceived. Mm. And her biological father was a, a white, uh, very prominent white person from a prominent Confederate family down there. So, um, and I, I incorporate, uh, there is a special feeling you get when you're standing there. And I incorporate, I hope, a lot of that in, into what I write, particularly in my most recent book. Uh, in fact, one of the reviewers said that Jean's family story, to some extent, is all of our stories. Yeah. And so that, that's what I wanted to try to do, is to expand that connection so that when, when people read what I write, it's not just my story as an author, but they can... They can see some of their story and, and perhaps do some, some research in their past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jean, I really love uh, that you called and, and shared those experiences and that perspective uh, with us. I, I, I really, really appreciate what you're saying there. Um, let's go next to Stephanie in Detroit. Stephanie, what's on your yes. mind? Yes, mm -hmm. good morning, good morning. Hey. I am so excited about your guest and about the call. And they have really encouraged me. I'm uh, getting ready to do a history project on Belle Isle. Hmm. And uh, this has really made me really move forward. <laughs> so, so tell me about what your project is and, and how it relates to Belle Isle. 
it's um, Memories on Belle Isle. Okay, okay. And I work with seniors, and I certainly remember going under the bridge. Right. <laughs> I remember that, too. Yeah, You're too that's young. a long time ago. You're too young. <laughs> they, th- that bridge was still there when I was a little kid. <laughs> and um, I'm working with seniors, and the project is, we all have so many memories on Belle Isle from pictures and videos and everything. And when I realized that Belle Isle was bigger than Central Park, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> the history that we have is unbelievable. And Parks and Recreation has lots of videos and everything. So I am going to move forward with this project, and I'm excited. And I want to thank your guests for really encouraging me that last step I needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wonderful call, uh, Stephanie, and wonderful uh, idea. Uh, Tara, this idea of getting started, I think, is a theme in some of the calls that we're getting. And Mm -hmm. not just the apprehension that you might feel, but, but, uh, you know, the confusion about where to start or Mm -hmm. how to find things. Um, What has this taught you about that. For you, as you said, this was kind of happenstance that you, you started. Um, but what, what has this taught you about how, how people can kind of start to look back? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I'm thinking a little bit about a group of teens that I met in Costa Rica, and I think they sort of exemplify how you can start, even if you don't have a lot of information. Um, but so there, there are two ships that um, they think are wrecked in the Caribbean part of Costa Rica. And these are two Danish ships from the 1700s. What's really, there are a couple of things that are amazing about this story. Um, one, the story of what happened on the ship. So it turns out that the crew mutinied on the ship Mm -hmm. and they actually burned it and scuttled the other ship. There were two ships traveling in convoy. But before they um, destroyed the ships, they set the Africans that were in the cargo hold free on the shores of Costa Rica. And some of them were recaptured. But quite a few of them disappeared into the hills. And the local legend is that they um, they became a part of the indigenous community that is there. It's the, the Bribri. And that they intermarried um, and became a part of them. So that's one thing that's super interesting about that story. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is that it was a group of young people who found some of the telltale clues that those two ships that were in the harbor may indeed be um, these particular slave shipwrecks. And quite a few of those teens were of Afro-Bribri heritage. Mm. And so, and these teens, like they started diving um, the site when they were only 14 years old, and now they're like 20. So they've been involved with this work of documenting these wrecks for like the last six years. And they're super passionate about it. So these are, you know, kids, um, kids who don't necessarily know their history and aren't that, are often like not that interested in it. But because they were participating in actually finding 
history. Like they're, they're a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the work of the past became really real to them. Um, and they saw ways that they might intersect with it. So these young people started for the first time actually asking their elders for their stories. Um, and they weren't doing that before mm. this. Mm. And they're like, we want to know, like, could those be our ancestors? Can we find this information? And it's starting with all the stories that our elders have, but maybe haven't shared for a variety of reasons. Like our, our elders are often sitting on pain as well. Um, but giving them a space and an opportunity to share can be a first step in beginning to claim that past. And I think there's also a notion that history is something that other people do. Like, and it's often people who don't look like us um, who determine what history is and what belongs in the history books. Mm -hmm. Wow. But what we're seeing today is that's not true. Like we're yeah. all participants in gathering um, the stories of the past and bringing them to light. Like we're all historians to some extent. So I wonder if the place to start, and I think this is a conversation, like because the history of African-Americans is um, challenging to find and to connect with, like all of these pieces are ideas for us to get started by saying one, raising our hands and saying, you know what, like I'm going to find my own history. I'm going to go back as far as I can. And I'm going to share that with the other people in my family, with my neighborhood. I'm going to share like the, um, the, 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 the living stories, the, the life stories, like not necessarily the death stories <laughs> we're going to share, you know, like, yeah. uh, um, yeah. yeah. The stories of courage and, I mean, it's, it's such a powerful, it's such a powerful idea. I mean, it's saying we own this and we're going to make sure that it's preserved and that uh, we tell it in the voice that, uh, that it belongs in. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tara, this was a really wonderful conversation and I'm really, really glad uh, you joined us. And I want to encourage all our listeners to go to nationalgeographic.com and check out uh, this podcast called Into the Depths. But, uh, but Tara, I really want to thank you for being here with us today on, uh, on Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. my pleasure. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. We did not manage, again, to connect with Terrell Germain Starr, the Detroiter, who is on the ground in Ukraine covering the Russian invasion there. But uh, I promise we're going to keep trying that. We're going to keep trying to get him on the air here to have a conversation about what he's seeing and how his upbringing here in Detroit influences the way that he's covering uh, the war there. Come back tomorrow, though, when we're going to talk about the world's nuclear capacity and how concerned we should be about the possibility of nuclear war, given the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This is 1019 WDETFM, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.